G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Realfaith.org.au All I remember was sitting in church, listening to the sermon, and all of a sudden I audibly heard God say, it's Alaska. And I'm getting goosebumps even thinking about it. And I actually sat there after the sermon and after the singing, and Sandra looked at me. I remember her looking at me saying, what's going on, you know? And and I said, it's Alaska. And she said, what? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Real Faith, conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through, helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's real people, real life and real faith with Eric Scadabo. Well, I have interviewed several missionaries over the years, and most of them go overseas to serve the Lord in tropical areas in Asia or Africa. But John and Sandra Dross have decided to take a path less chosen. They serve the Lord in the cold Arctic region of Canada and Alaska, and their newsletter is appropriately called The Frozen Wombats. Now, why would two Aussies leave everything to serve the Lord in the Arctic region? We'll find out today as they share their story. Welcome to the program, John and Sandra Drost. Thank you, Eric. Glad to have you with us. And before we get started hearing your story, I just want to ask you guys, did you always like cold weather? I mean, how did you end up being in the cold? Well, personally for me, um, I'm a tropical guy. Uh, The cold weather was a little (laughs) scary for me. And uh, I wasn't sure how to approach it. But uh, to be honest with you, I'm getting used to it. But I still like the warmth. But Thankfully, the rest of my family seemed to like the cold, so... <laughs> You're outvoted. Uh, I'm outvoted, <laughs> yes. Now, the thing is, I'm from North America, and I came from North America to Australia as a missionary with my wife, Jean, and you guys have gone the other way. You've gone from Australia to North America, but very, very far North America, up near Alaska and all that. Yes. So, it's a bit colder where you guys are than where I grew up. Yeah. How cold does it get? Yeah, we get down to probably winter averages uh, in the minus 30s and then... Minus 30s. Minus 30 degrees and then... Um, I'm getting cold just hearing this. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, it's not unusual for it to be minus 40 and then you put wind chills on top of that. I think, John, what was the coldest that we've had? I think it's like minus 50 something. About minus 58, I think. Was minus With the wind chill, yes. And uh, At that point, are you thinking about the tropics? <laughs> Surfing sometimes. in Vanuatu, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sometimes. But, you know, it's uh, it's the type of weather where you try not to get out unless you have to get out. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'd uh, agree with that. And yeah. it's, uh, you learn to cope with it. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out how you ended up in such an area, such a cold Arctic area. Let's go all the way back to your childhood. John, let's start with you. Where were you born and raised? Um, I was uh, originally born... In a warm area? (laughs) uh, Well, I was originally born in uh, Orange in New South Wales, but we we relocated to Queensland. My family relocated to Queensland when I was young. Sunny Uh, Queensland. Sunny (laughs) Queensland. Uh, we, We sort of... Moved from Orange to the Gold Coast and then from the Gold Coast to uh, central Queensland, a little community uh, on the coast there called Yapoon. Mm -hmm. And that's where I 
I basically grew up in Yapoon. So it, it was a much more tropical, of course, than where <laughs> we are. But it was a great little community and uh, it was a good place to grow up. And was faith a part of your life growing up? No, it wasn't. Um, my mum and dad didn't go to church. They uh, put me through the Catholic church for a little bit. I used to go there and uh, I remember sitting down with one of the nuns and uh, and doing some some classes and stuff with mm-hmm. her. Uh, we got to, uh, while we're in Yapoon, this was on the Gold Coast, while we're in Yapoon, uh, church wasn't part of my life at all. Uh, not until... I met a young lady at school, and uh, who would that young lady be? Uh, that would happen to be this uh, young lady sitting across from me well, now. I think that's your cue. <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm not quite sure if I'm still young. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I grew up in the same community as as John. Um, we arrived there. I've got a little bit of a different path. Um, I was originally actually born in England. Is that right? I arrived here when I was one year old, mm-hmm. and Lived in Sydney for a little while and then moved up to Yapoon, the same community John was in, uh, when I was about four years old. And my parents um, separated when I was around six, seven years old. And and through that separation, my mum started going back to church. She had been a churchgoer back in England. And so through that, by the time I was around eight years old, I was at what we used to call gospel musters, and it what is was that? it was a it was a program that the church put on for a youth program, and uh, we used to go to a place where they would have cows and horses and stuff like that, and yeah, so I uh, went to this Bible camp and just heard the gospel, just sound gospel uh, preaching there, and. Received the Lord when I was eight years old, and from that point, just um, grew up in a very strong Christian environment. Yeah, well, tell us about that. So you were a strong Christian at that point, and then you met this guy who didn't go to church. Yeah, so I was a little bit of a rebellious strong Christian. <laughs> oh, okay. Now we're hearing the full story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. From about the age of 13, we started uh, going out, and yeah, of course, you know, I was this rebellious Christian going out with a non-Christian, but I just felt very firm in my faith and and felt that I was meant to be friends with John hmm. and um, constantly praying for his salvation. And John, what did you think of this Christian girl who you started to hang out with? Well, initially... Uh, you know, we sort of seemed to really click at school, and uh, I didn't realise she was going to church for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. But you know, as uh, as our relationship started to grow, I uh, I had some some buddies who lived across the road from the church where she was going to, and uh, I would often go over to their place, and uh, you know, we we do stuff around there, and I'd look at the church and I go, you know what, if I want to keep this relationship going with this this girl who I really like, maybe I should go to church and try it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started going to church on the Sundays and, uh, you know, and it was it was different and I wasn't really listening to the to the pastor that much at times because I was too busy interested in, in, the, in the girl I was sitting beside, you oh, know, and I was fairly young. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, eventually God's word started to really... 
um, take hold. Mm-hmm. You know, I was hearing the gospel message, mm-hmm. and and the people in this church were great. The pastor and the families, and they really took me in. Uh, one thing I didn't mention was that my parents uh, had a split and a divorce when I was twelve mm-hmm. as well, and uh, and it was hard because I didn't have my dad around, and I was the eldest of four, and it's like. You know, I was felt responsible for the family and and so forth. But uh, you know, hearing God's word and and just being part of that church was just a, a great thing for me. It's something I needed, mm-hmm. and uh, it took a long time for me to come to the Lord. Though I didn't come to the Lord till I was twenty one. Oh, I was wow. I was pretty stubborn. Were you going to church all that time? Uh, on, yeah, most pretty well most of that time. Mm-hmm. But I was stubborn because I didn't want to. Com- commitment was a huge thing for me, mm. and uh, so there was commitment to to give my life to the Lord, and also commitment to actually marrying this wonderful girl who I was really you know I liked and mm-hmm. I wanted yeah. to, but. Yeah. I uh, because of what had happened with my parents and so forth, oh, Co- commitment was a real oh, issue. Oh, I see. You but I did. I didn't want to you. What happened to, to your parents? Exactly. And uh, anyway, at twenty-one, I gave my life to the Lord, and and my whole life just turned around. Mm-hmm. It was just a, an amazing thing for me. And uh, my now wife. Uh, she was so excited, she just about barreled me over when she was coming down the stairs <laughs> when she heard what had happened. <laughs> oh, oh tell us about that. Yeah. So we'd gone down, we were up living in y- Yapoon, and we'd gone down to the Brisbane area. My, my sister was living in Ipswich, and I mm-hmm. had to have a little bit of surgery on my hand. And then um, my other sister was there as well, and my brother-in-law. And I was tired. I went to bed, and... They all stayed up talking with John, and here I was. I'd been the one praying for him for seven years. (laughs) 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 But, you know, God's timing is always perfect, and um, all I remember is getting this little tap on the shoulder, Sandra, Sandra, John just accepted the Lord. And I just remember the bedroom was at the top of the stairs. I just remember being at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> you kind of transported down. <laughs> yeah, basically it was that's how it, how it felt and um yeah, what a what an amazing moment that was. Yeah. And literally you almost knocked John over. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> Did you expect such a response? Uh no, not really. I didn't. No, but uh it was a good response. It yeah. really was. And yeah. it's just amazing since that day the Lord's just done a wonderful work in our lives, mm. you know, and it's it's never been straightforward and simple mm-hmm. and easy, the, the journey with the Lord, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I wouldn't do it any other way. Mm. I'm just so thankful that uh, that he was willing to uh, be patient with me mm. and, uh, and allow me to go through that, and uh, he's been working with us ever since, and uh, it's uh, it's an amazing journey. Our guests today are John and Sandra Drost, who are originally from Queensland, but now serve the Lord as missionaries in the Arctic region of Alaska and Canada. We'll hear more of their story when we return right here on Real Faith. Looking for resources to grow your faith? Check out Vision Christian Store with books, movies, audio CDs, DVD resources and more. Plus, free delivery on orders over $50. See visionstore.org.au. 
You're listening to Real Faith, conversations with real people about how God works in their lives. If you want to know more about integrating faith into your life, our website is realfaith.org.au. Just go to the website and you'll find helpful articles about the impact faith can have on your life. Once again, that's realfaith.org.au. Welcome back. I'm Eric Scadabo, and today my guests are John and Sandra Trost, who are originally from warm and sunny Queensland, but have decided to serve the Lord as missionaries in the cold Arctic region of Alaska and Canada. Their newsletter is appropriately called The Frozen Wombats. Before the break, we heard how they became Christians and eventually married. Now, we're going to hear how the Lord led them to the Arctic region. Okay, so let's kind of fast forward a little bit at this point. So you're married, you eventually have children, and we want to get to when you become missionaries and go to the cold. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Well, um, I had always felt called to some form of ministry, missions. I guess one of the big things when I decided, even at the age of eight, when I decided to accept the Lord, um, when I did that, I realized at that point that I was giving up my will of my life, mm. that the Lord was going to be, for want of a better expression, the boss of my life mm-hmm. and, and direct my mm-hmm. path. And I just always had a heart for serving him and, and that. And I watched God growing that in John mm-hmm. um, in our early marriage and just through a number of different things. And I, and I just watched that flourishing. And we were just sort of starting to throw the idea around of, well, maybe we need to be doing more. And, and we we were hosting home groups and, and things like that, but we just were beginning to feel a little bit more um, that we wanted to make this a more formal thing. Yeah, I, um, I'm an electrician, mm-hmm. Sparky by trade, and... Um, I uh, I was supervising on on certain job sites, and uh, I would uh, I just have a real heart for the for the men who were working under me and the men working around me mm. on the sites, and they'd always sometimes I'd, I'd struggle to get my work done because I'd always have one or two or someone coming to me and and having a chat about their life and what's going on Is that in right? their life. Yeah, and it just uh, happened naturally. It just happened naturally, mm. and uh, and I really felt called to. You know, just to to minister and just to be part of their lives mm-hmm. at times, and and which is really difficult when you're trying to run a job site as well, <laughs> you know, part of a job site. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, that that was a real turnaround for me, and and I felt a real call to some sort of mission, and and I thought that's where God had placed me within my workplace mm-hmm. to be, um, you know, hopefully to try and be that light. Uh, that I could be a sparky for the Lord. For the Lord. That's there we right, go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and you know, and uh, that's exactly where I thought I was going to be. And then uh, he just started to work on me a little more, and you know, shape me and mould me and take me out of my comfort zone, which was really uncomfortable at times. Mm. But yeah, he uh, through our home group, we we did a study on prayer one time. Uh, some of the people who came bought a. Uh, of at that time, 
it was a video. It's going back a while now. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, a VHS uh, tape, I believe. That's <laughs> correct. <laughs> yes. And uh, it was a, a, a video on on prayer and a prayer movement that had happened all over the world, hmm. certain areas of the world, uh, the transformation videos, they call them. Hmm. One of those areas that, that popped up was um, on Baffin Island, through the region of Baffin Island, which is in the uh, Nunavut part of northern Canada, and how prayer had just changed these communities from, mm. you know, the alcoholism, the the darkness that they'd mm. experienced, the suicides that they'd experienced. And I'll never forget that. It was like, oh, Lord, maybe that's, that's an area you'd like us to go to. Mm. And then I thought about it later and I thought, that's just... That's just crazy. It's like, <laughs> I live in the tropics. Warmer, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and that was just that was just a little touch of what he did, and, and, and that's how the seed got planted. That's how the seed got planted, wow. and uh, you know, and just through various different things. I was in church one day. It was it was a, a Sunday morning service in our home church, and. I, I honestly can't even remember what they were preaching on. I really can't now. But all I remember was sitting in church, listening to the sermon, and then all of a sudden I audibly heard God say, it's Alaska. Wow. And I'm getting goosebumps even talk, thinking about wow. it. Wow. And, uh, and I actually sat there after the sermon and after the singing, and Sandra looked at me. I remember her looking at me saying, what's going on, you know, and... And I said, it's Alaska. And she said, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I understand he saw this video. Did you see the video too? Yes, I saw the oh, video. Okay. And, and so, yeah, just really was drawn to the northern people as well. And mm. and I guess during that time, like really just started praying more earnestly. And, and when John said Alaska – it stepped me back, but it didn't blow me away because I felt like God had already prepared and I wasn't afraid of the cold. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> um, John here. Who <laughs> yeah, and I just sort of got excited that, that God was, was moving and that he was directing and, and it was clear directions. And, you know, John can also share another time where where he was sitting and just really seeking the Lord. And there were some scary moments, you know, with um, what are we doing? How are you going to carry us through this, Lord, and, and all of that? And, you know, John can share how God just tangibly gave him this, this sense of his presence. And even though it at the time, if, when we think back, we think, wow, that was sort of mind-boggling. Alongside of all of that, there was this peace that that you can't describe. Mm, the peace that passes this, understanding. Yeah, mm. and, and a lot of our story has those two contradicting things in it where humanly you're, you're totally um, unraveling but Spiritually, God is just doing something mm. amazing in the background. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, I should say that our children went to the same school together. 
yes, St. Christian yes. School. And back, I don't know what year that was, we were invited to a group to hear about a couple that wanted to go serve in northern North America, Arctic region. And of course, you know, when you think of that, stereotypically Alaska, you're thinking of igloos and Eskimos and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> so uh, I remember back then, I don't remember any of the details other than kind yeah. of being surprised about that. So what happened next? So after John had um, mentioned Alaska, we're like, well, we're in Australia. What mission organization works in that region? And and so we sort of started doing a bit of a hunt. Now, this was probably getting on towards 20 years ago, and internet wasn't that popular back then. Hmm. And so we're like, well, how do we even begin trying to find somewhere an organization to work through to go there. So we started doing an internet search and uh, we found a couple of organizations, but none of them based here in Australia. And one in particular stood out to us and is the organization we're with and that's called Send International. And we're like, oh, should we? Shouldn't we? What should we do? And so we, we phoned them and John's like, go ahead find them i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> and their headquarters where are you calling so we called up to alaska yeah. and, and at that oh. stage their their headquarters was um in a little tiny community in alaska not in the main main areas a little community called Glen Ellen. and i called them and and i said i'd imagine they don't get a phone call from Australia every day. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely <And not. laughs> So the director at the time, his name was Phil Bauer, and he just was like, you're what? You're who? And, um, and so I explained to him, I said, look, we're just doing some exploration here. Um, we have a heart for the northern people, and we're just wondering – whether you're an organization that that could use us and I said you know John's an electrician and I've got a teaching degree and he said absolutely <laughs> can you start tomorrow <laughs> yeah basically Pretty that's well. what happened yeah. and um it just so happened at the time we were considering going to uh, my nephew's wedding that was in Seattle but we didn't really have any funds to get there. And anyway, just in faith, we said to to Phil, well, what if we come and see you? We're thinking of coming to Seattle. It's just another little hop and we could come up and we could see you. So uh, we went on a vision trip hmm. and uh, we went there in faith, putting some the tickets on a credit card at that time and um, it was a, a pretty hard step for us to take. And What um, year was that? So around about 2002. But the, the miracle behind that is on our way home, when we got back here to Australia, God provided the funds in full to wow. virtually the very dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, John received an inheritance that he, we had no idea mm-hmm. that he was going to be receiving. And, and so, like, you could just see God directing the steps. But to step back a little bit further, before we even went on the vision trip, we'd gone, okay, well, maybe we should talk to our pastor about this. That might be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we thought, yeah. you know, get some advice and and have them praying for us. And um, 
So we walked in into his office and we're telling the story and he says to us, well, who is this organisation? And we said, it's Send International. Do you, have you ever heard of them? They're meant to be worldwide. And he just, the biggest grin came on his face and he goes, oh, you've got to be kidding. Um, I grew up with a group of people down in Victoria, a group of young people that got mentored together. And there was about five or six of them all got mentored together. And it just so happens that... Robin and Jan Pocklington were one of them, part of them, and they are with Send International and have been for years. And they were the only people in Australia with Send International. And he said, if they're working for a Send, I 100% recommend. Oh, wow. More confirmation. It was just, uh, yeah. Wow. And so we just continued on the path of exploration. Okay, well, we're going to stop you right there because we've run out of time for this first conversation with John and Sandra Drost. We haven't even gotten to the Arctic region, but we will next time. So is that okay if you guys come back next time to share more of your story? That'll be great. That'll be good. Okay, so we invite you to join us again next time for more of John and Sandra Dross, otherwise known as the Frozen Wombats. And we're going to hear more of their story of how they went north to Alaska and the rest of the Arctic region in Canada and Alaska. That's coming up again next time. You've been listening to Real Faith. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a message through our website, realfaith.org.au. That's realfaith.org.au. Real Faith is a production of Vision Christian Media. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.